And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. The shot, Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Thanker. How's everybody doing today? Uh, this is a post-game reaction of last night's game in which the Lightning took Game 3, 3-2 three against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I wanted to do this one last night, but there was so much to unpack from last night's game that I decided to just get my thoughts together, get everything I wrote down during the game, and just... You know, just try to put it together in a coherent way to where, you know, it makes sense. And now here we are. Usually I like to do the reactions right after the game when the adrenaline's high. But um, I thought last night's game was a little bit more special. So before we get into all of that, um, go ahead and like and subscribe this podcast. And also go over to the Twitter page, LO underscore Lightning. Follow, stay up up to date on all the news surrounding the show and all news as to scheduling as to when episodes might show up and might be recorded and posted as well. And also, if you want to get in touch with me, if you want to just tweet to me, also go ahead and follow me on Twitter as well as at APDanker, D-E-N-K-E-R. You know, we love to hear the interactions we have with you guys. We love to hear from you guys, all your opinions. Uh, you've done a great job doing that and keep up the good work. Um, I would just like to apologize as well for the probably the audio quality of this one just because um, I'm not home right now. So um, I'm using my travel mic that I have. It's a smaller mic and it. I know it sounds like I'm recording in a bathroom, but I assure you I'm not. So, um, but yeah, so last night's game, Let's just get into it real quick. Uh, It was, in my opinion, and I say that probably after every Lightning win, but it's true to some extent that um, this was the best game that the Lightning have played thus far since coming back from uh, the pause and all that and in the bubble. But part of it, uh, well, I say kind of, well, up until, you know, 10 minutes into the first period, it was just... A mess. I was not exactly confident about the Lightning's chances up until that point. Um, but, you know, it was just a mess uh, in terms of they just took three penalties. But um, coming into this game, though, I was very confident about how the Lightning were going to play. Um, I was very optimistic about all that, even though they did lose game two. Really, their only issue going into game three was to create traffic in front of Corpusalo. I felt like they didn't do enough of that in Game 2, and even Patrick Maroon came out post-game and stated his displeasure with that, saying that they needed to um, make it harder for the defenders as well as Corpusalo. Um, and it's absolutely true. And the one of the frustrating things was the block shots. I felt like the Lightning were just throwing the puck at, at the net, and most times they weren't. There's no game plan there. And you saw some of that. In this game as well, uh, my issue with this team throughout this whole series, other than 
creating traffic was they weren't really allowing time f- for themselves to get set up in the offensive zone, which I could understand because they're a lot faster skater, more explosive team than Columbus. But at the same time, um, if you're shooting the puck as soon as you get across the blue line to the attacking zone and there's nobody trailing on the other side for a second, third chance, then what's the point of all that? All you're doing is just tallying up the, the shot count, which they did in this game. But so, but the one thing that really kind of gave me a little bit more reassurance that the Lightning were going to win this game before the game even started was Columbus has not won consecutive games during these playoffs. Um, I know that's not really a big deal, but in terms of, you know, that's not going to really give you a lot of assurance. But to me, um, that just proves that Columbus has yet to been able to capitalize on and carry the momentum from um, game to game, especially if they win. So that's something that works in the lightning favor and that they should kind of exploit going into game four. But uh, yeah, the lightning took three penalties within the first 10 minutes of the game. Uh, They were five on three at one point and we spoke on the last episode of how that we can't be doing that. The Lightning can't be doing that. Um, they cannot be giving any little advantage they can to a team like the Blue Jackets who have struggled to score goals all year. Um, their top goal scorer only scored 22 goals this year. So that shows you how little um, offensive production they've been getting. Where on the other side, the reason why they made the playoffs and they were good this year was because of their ability to block shots and play very good defense um, on the back check. So that's one of the things as to... And that's part of the reason why the Lightning lost game two and have kind of struggled uh, against the Blue Jackets this year. Um, but yeah, those... So that's why, um, you know, the the penalties, they can't be doing that. Um, I understand, especially at one thir- uh I was believe it was very early on in the game. I want to say like maybe a minute and a half into the game, Maroon got called for roughing. I understand what he was trying to do, but you can't be giving, you can't be going down a man that early in the game, especially to a team like this who um, has has been who does very well um, on the power play. So I have to say it was nothing short of a miracle that the Lightning killed all three. I was probably I was I want to say maybe seventy percent sure that the Lightning were going to give up at least one goal especially in that stretch where it was just like, come on, like ever, as soon as they were about to kill one penalty, another one was called and it's just like, come on. And at the same time, um, it's frustrating to see that where um, the lightning takes so many penalties, but they barely draw any. But part of that has to do with just the, the horrendous officiating that's been going on, not only against the lightning but throughout this playoffs um there was a couple of i spoke with a couple of uh people that are lightning fans as well and they were just frustrated over the ticky tack calls that they were seeing from the refs where there were certain things that the lightning were getting called for um where columbus there was no call uh and it's just no team like the lightning only took they only drew one penalty in this game uh, I don't understand how that's possible. Like, you're basically... And we saw this, I believe it was in the Capitals game, um, where the Lightning didn't get any penalties. They didn't draw any penalties. So, you're basically saying whether, you know... I, I think every team, every hockey game, every team usually draws at least two to three penalties. And the fact that 
Tampa only drew one. The refs are saying that Columbus played basically very disciplined hockey, but like they were just perfect on that side, which is ridiculous. Um, I don't know what the right answer is with that, without you know, with the league trying to over overcompensate. But that seems like that's the kind of thing that we see in the playoffs every year, where just the officiating is just horrendous. I don't know what the league needs to do. To where it could possibly drastically change the game for the better or for worse. So, um, at this point, it really doesn't matter um, to me. It is what it is. I'm just going to deal with it. And I'm sure a lot of Lightning fans have to do the same. Um, But some of the positives of that first period, I thought that the Bolts got off to a nice aggressive start. But didn't allow them, like I just said, they didn't allow themselves to really get set on the attack they needed to create and they they weren't really doing that good of a job to start off the game um to create traffic in front of Corpusalo. there was a couple of times i saw it in the first period but it was ironically only patrick maroon that i saw kind of making it a point to to stand in front of Corpusalo to kind of block his vision but i mean hopefully coach coop kind of reinforces that going into game four um especially in today's practice um, but yeah, uh, Alex Kloran got a goal on a, on a, on a rush. Um, at first I thought that he was trying to make the pass to Sorelli on the rush, but I rewatched, I watched a couple of replays obviously yesterday during the game and it looked, I thought that what happened was, was that it, um, when he was trying to make the, the, the quick pass to, to Sorelli in, in the low slot, uh, Savard uh, sprawled out, and I thought it went off Savard and went through Corpusalo's legs, and that's why. Because it was one of those plays where you expect Corpusalo to make that save, so I guess he just wasn't expecting the deflection. But it, uh, I saw a a replay this morning, and I it I looked at it a little bit closer, and it looked like that Kalorn just shot straight in. So I mean, you know what? A goal is a goal. So I'm not going to argue with how they score it. You know, especially in the playoffs, you're going to get a couple of goals here and there that are not going to be so pretty. So I'll take it. I mean, um, it's nice to see Kalorn get on get in the goal column on the stat sheet, but I want to see more production from him going forward because his production was such a vital part to this team's success during the regular season, and I think that needs to carry over into the playoffs, especially with... Um, Stamkos being a huge question mark right now. We're not entirely sure when we're going to get him back. If you know, if we, if the Lightning do, it's probably not going to be until maybe I want to say if they do advance, which I very much do expect them to. I wouldn't expect to see them um, play Stamkos until maybe Game Two or Three of the next round. So um, yeah, if you're if you're trying to hold out on maybe Stammer coming back this round, I wouldn't hold my breath. So, but yeah, it was a lot. I. I don't know. I guess it was a lucky bounce in. You could call it that on the Kalorn um, goal. But you know what? A goal is a goal is a goal. And Lightning are up 1-0 uh, to close out uh, the first period. So the first peri- uh, the second period, now I am the kind of fan, and if you're a frequent listener of the show, you understand how, how I am, is that I'm kind of... Um, hope for the best but expect the worst kind of hockey fan so going into the f- the first intermission i i liked that the lightning were kind of at least up 
in the game, so they kind of had that momentum, and it was it was going to be interesting to see how they carried that over um, into the second period. But I wasn't at least I wasn't at all shocked when they gave up that early goal from Riley Nash off the turnover. Um, there's really other than turning over the puck in your own zone, there was really not. It was just a good hockey play, you know. Sometimes. You know, especially in this show, you, you, there is certain times where you're going to hear me make certain excuses for certain players on the Lightning um, when things go wrong. But this is one of the times where I'm going to just give a stick tap to the opposing team. Uh, Riley Nash, this was a great shot, and he just caught Vasilevsky off guard uh, on the shot. Uh, looked like Vasilevsky thought he was going uh, low glove side, but uh, obviously he went high, and you know it was a snipe of a shot. So kudos to Riley Nash for that and catching a great goaltender off guard and tying the game up early on in the second period. Um, one of the things you know, while we're on the subject of me kind of complimenting the Columbus Blue Jackets, is how impressive it really is. You know, even though it's frustrating, especially if you're playing them especially in a game uh, best of seven, is how good they are at blocking shots. And, of course, we all know, if you've been following hockey for a long time, is that that's one of the staples of a John Tortorella-coached hockey team. Um, it was so impressive. It's it's just kind of, it's one of those things where it when the Lightning have a good scoring chance and they take a shot through traffic and it hits someone in front, it's just like, ah, you know, like it's just so frustrating. But then you kind of have to sit back and that, that split second and kind of like just, you know, you're impressed. You can't help but give them a little stick tap on that. Um, to put in perspective, the the Blue Jackets outblocked the Lightning 24-9 to in this game. I mean, the Lightning aren't exactly a shot-blocking kind of team like that. They're more of a, a skill team. But um, And if the Columbus Blue Jackets do advance in the playoffs past the Lightning, um, that kind of style of play isn't, isn't exactly going to work against other styles of play for other teams. So, I mean, that's, I guess, the one consolation if the Lightning do lose this series. Don't really expect the, the Columbus Blue Jackets to do much more damage in the playoffs, but we'll see. Um, but, yeah, uh, the light, the one of the things that also stuck out to me in the second period is that, and it's just something that I've noticed throughout this whole series, is that, the Lightning cannot catch a break. It just seems like uh, one prime example in this game was the Barkley Goodrow, Goodrow uh, chance that he had right in front. Um, he had an incredible scoring chance with a wide open net. And the puck, it was kind of similar to the Kucherov goal. I believe that was in game two. Um, the, the puck on a shot or a pass or whatever. I think it was on a shot. Uh, bounced off the boards and it bounced right to a, a Goodrow that was right in front. Um, right up in net actually because Corpusala was on the other side of the net um, and Goodrow just tried to bank it in and Corpusala stuck stuck out his pad and made the save I mean uh, it's one of those things where it's it's bad luck for the Lightning on that kind of end but at the same time because you see that more often than not with some other teams kind of being able to stick that in and get a goal off that but uh, that's one of the things that's kind of that's kind of sucked about this series that the Lightning haven't been able to get as many of those, I guess, you know, lucky chances um, or those, those I wouldn't say fluke goals, but Luke, lucky chance goals in which, you know, they, they send that home. But um, you kind of also have to stick your cap. You have to, you know, tip your cap to uh, Corpus Allen on that. And well, 
as well as, you know, he's a, he's a very good goaltender. You know, I think a lot of people don't really realize how good of a goaltender he is just because of, um, how, how much attention Elvis Merzikis has been got getting this year. So, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize that there's this whole other guy other than Elvis, uh, Corpusala who's playing very well, but I think a lot of hockey fans now, especially those who aren't Blue Jackets fans and Lightning fans, are starting to understand uh, and see how good of a goaltender Corpusala really is. Um, so yeah, following that, Braden, Braden Point doing Braden Point things, scoring a goal, uh, and in my notes, and I'm just gonna, you know, I don't really read my notes that often when I do the show. I just kind of memorize them and I go off of that. And what I wrote next to the Braden Point goal was the magic of second chances, and it's absolutely true because um, this came off of a second chance. Uh, I, I don't remember who sh- made the initial shot. I want to say it was Verhage on it, but and he's been playing very well. I need to see more starts out of him. Um, Car- Carter Verhage cannot be scratched just with the way he's been playing the last couple of games. And but yeah, Braden Point. Um, he was right there for the second chance, right in front. Similar chance to what uh, Barkley Goodrow had, except it wasn't a bounce uh, off the boards. And the one thing that I want to see, that I wanted to see at this point in time, uh, you know, throughout the game, and especially for the rest of the series, create more chances for themselves. And when I say more chances, I mean second and third chances. So that obviously ties in with what I said earlier when I was talking about how they need to have a presence in front of Corpusala, make it difficult for him to see the puck, block his vision, whatever they can. Um, and so that also means don't shoot the puck as soon as you get across the blue line into the attacking zone. You know, let the offense set up, uh, cycle the puck around just a little bit for the defensemen and for the forwards. You know, just do so, do little things like that that we've been seeing you do all year. Just don't try and create scoring chances consistently off the rush. That was one of the issues I had with that. Um, but let's talk about Braden. Braden Point has been absolutely incredible. We obviously all know that he, even though if you look at his numbers, they're still pretty good numbers from the regular season. Uh, he wasn't a hundred percent and that was because of his double hip surgery in the off season. And he didn't really have that time to really get in hockey shape. So the, the layoff, we've spoken length on past episodes, especially since the games have started, how beneficial that really was to Braden. And just looking at how he's been playing, I mean, he's been playing insane to where if the Lightning uh, make a deep run, which we all fully expect them to do, and I and I believe they will, um, he's going to be, I, I think re- right now, he's a very early candidate for the Conn Smythe. Obviously, you need to make a deep run in the playoffs to even be considered. But I think just the way he's playing, he's been playing incredible. Um, he, you know, after this game, he... He has he has four goals, seven points in six games, um, and with that goal, he extended his six point streak, um, his point streak to six games. So I mean, he's the heart and soul of this team right now. There's no way to put it on the offensive side. Obviously, on the back check, uh, Victor Hedman has been playing incredible. We've I think every episode that we've had thus far. Victor Hedman has just taken his game to another level doing even better Victor Hedman things. And if you're a first-time listener, I'm just going to reiterate how I talk about Victor Hedman. So Victor Hedman is one of the most consistent, um, best overly productive 
defenseman in the National Hockey League today. And I think that kind of works against him because that's kind of his his middle ground for how how he plays. I mean, he's been very consistent over, over his entire career. So him putting out a great season like he did this year, um, you know, usually in years past, that would probably win him the Norris Trophy. But now with the league kind of shifting its voting um, at the Norris Trophy in towards the offensive production, he's not going to get that same recognition but you know what that's neither here nor there um in my opinion i still believe that he should have a you know he should win the norris trophy i spoke on the last episode that someone uh a fellow fellow hockey fan of mine said that they should separate it uh the defenseman award they should have maybe a a one for offensive production that should be like the bobby orr award and then one for defensive with the norris trophy so maybe that's something for the league to think about so yeah, uh, Hedman's goal, speaking of Victor Hedman, uh, right after the Braden Point goal, towards the end of the, the period, uh, he's skating in, trailing in, um, uh, actually, absolutely great hockey instinct here on Hedman to, to really skate in and join the rush right in the slot, um, and I, I don't remember, <laughs> off the top of my head, I don't remember who, who gave him who, who, who passed him the puck right there at that moment. But whoever it was, you know, they had the great hockey wherewithal to, to see Hedman right there, recognize the chance, and and set him up for a nice scoring chance. And he it was a bullet of a wrist there. I was surprised about how the puck just exploded off his, off his stick. And uh, the Lightning have a two-goal lead. And you know what? It, it was... I couldn't have picked out a better situation in which the Lightning set themselves up with going into the third period, especially with what is about to happen. Um, I don't remember, you know, I th- one of the things that is really comforting to me, that was comforting to me at the time uh, after the Hedman goal was, all right, now we have a, now the Lightning have a two-goal lead, but the, the Blue Jackets are just one of those teams where two goals isn't enough. Um, and I, you know, the old saying goes, two... Uh, a two-goal lead in hockey is probably one of the best and worst things that you could ever have. So, And it couldn't be more true. So moving on to the third period, and we're just going to wrap up the show with this, and then we'll just talk a little bit about the next game. So third period, um, the light, uh, the Lightning give up a goal once again. It just seems like every time they're starting to gain some momentum, uh, I mean, let's like let's make no mistake here. The Lightning were for the most part dominating um, this game. They were slowly but surely putting Columbus to sleep, uh, just with you know their their attack, their very aggressive attack, and just kind of stifling the scoring chances for Columbus. Um, but every time the the Lightning kind of gained some momentum with scoring a goal, it seems like it's the end of a period, and then Columbus comes right back out of the gate. Um, and scores a goal, and that happened here. Uh, Robinson picks up the rebound, second chance right here, scores a goal. A very similar, very similar goal uh, that was scored by Braden Point. So if you if you're trying to figure out if you didn't see any footage from the game, um, it's basically the same exact, almost identical to Braden Point's goal earlier on in the game. Uh, Vasilevsky couldn't find where the puck was on the deflection. That's just what it was. Uh, Vasilevsky, for the most part, played very well in this game. I'm, you know, I kind of, kind of was very harsh on him. I believe it was game two, um, actually, or maybe it was game one. It was actually game one 
where he he let in a soft goal and but he's really cleaned it up and he's really starting to get into that playoff groove which is for a goaltender like that um it just it's it's a blessing and uh you know it's this things with this team in the playoff are starting to really come together uh they're really starting to pick up momentum and yeah i would love to see how they they carry that into game four on monday but yeah, so would like to see the Lightning have more of a consistent presence in the, in front. Uh, it worked for, for them throughout this game, so I don't know why they they kind of, once it kind of worked. Once you saw it working, especially on some of these goals, um, it kind of seemed like they were straying away from that. You know, I don't understand why. I don't know if it was a coaching thing. Maybe they were changing up their strategy. But I think that if they continue that, if they continue that, especially in this game. Um, I think that they would have had maybe four, four goals, five goals. Um, and it wouldn't have been as close as you would have thought it was on the scoring sheet. So I think they need to continue doing that. I think they need to put the coaching staff really needs to put more of an emphasis on that as well. So hopefully they do. And I want to see more than just Pat Maroon doing that. Um, so I, I, I mean, you know, Corpus is a, a good goalie. I mean, we said it before, but at the same time, they they need so they need to challenge him and make things a little bit more difficult than him than just shooting it and they and I want to see them set up set up the offense on the attack I don't want to see constant rushes with them with these short spurts of offense I don't want to you know as much as nine times out of ten the lightning well ten times out of ten the lightning are going to win a back and forth just rush filled game against Columbus because they're the, Tampa is just a better skating team I believe that the lightning just need to change it up here and there they can't keep going back and doing that with these mad dashes um so maybe that's something to look for in game four as well um one of the things that really stuck out to me as well is that the lightning did a good job staying cool and composed during a few of the offensive barrages from columbus and we've seen that throughout this series as well columbus uh, especially when they're playing on their heels or they're down in the game um they'll have these and that kind of goes uh hand in hand with what I just said with, um, with the, the met, with the, the rushes, they can't keep going back and forth because the lightning aren't exactly a perfect team when it comes to puck possession. So they do, um, turn over the puck quite a bit. And then that could, that definitely those turnovers on breakaways that leads to breakaways, turnovers, that kind of what that's, that's what led to the Riley Nash goal and the lightning, can't be doing that we can't be relying on basileski to make save after big after save uh every time um you know he's a great goalie but we can't just lean on him the entire game and you can't expect uh guys like sergachev and headman to keep going back and trying to break up the rush um time and time again so they just need to do a better job of that um and then just you know kind of just to end my my post-game reaction here uh with some things that stuck out to me uh savard you know, we we spoke about earlier in the in the show that the the refereeing has been just absolutely atrocious. Um, there's really nothing we could do at this point in time. Now, uh, maybe the league will kind of re-examine and speak to its referee core afterwards. But um, that's just the way playoff hockey is, and the Lightning unfortunately haven't been getting that many calls in their favor. So hopefully that trend changes uh, in Game Four. I don't see it happening, but. Yeah, uh, Savard did the same exact thing Maroon did uh, that, he, that he got penalized for in the first period. And Savard did not get called for it. So it's just, it's the inconsistencies. You know, if if they call it the same across the board, that's fine. 
but it seems like opposing teams are getting away with a lot more against the Lightning. It seems like the, I mean, the, the Lightning, we spoke on the last episode, draw a lot of penalties as it already is, but um, it just seems like they're, I wouldn't say favoritism, but, you know, they're not really exactly getting those calls in return. Um, the other thing that stuck out to me where there was no calls, Yanni Gord was, there was a period in time, I believe it was the second or third period, where every stoppage, it looked like Gord was getting his helmet ripped off during the scrums. Um, no penalties, no penalty was called uh, on that. I just don't understand how that's, I don't know if it's maybe Coop not really saying what he needs to say uh, at some points where he's like, hey, you know, our guys are getting bullied out there. Our guys getting, you know, equipment ripped off. You're not calling anything. What's up with that? And then the moment Pat Maroon does a little thing or any other player on our team does something, you call it and we the other team gets it all back two minutes. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know what the right answer is to that. I just think that's something the league needs to figure out. And the Lightning, all they could do is continue to play the way they've been playing. I thought, like I said at the top of the show, this was the best game the Lightning have been playing. I think, quite honestly... If they could create more of a presence in front, I spoke about it on the previous episode to stick Mitchell Stevens up in front of the net. Um, you know, he's a big body guy and he's very good on second chances. Just stick him up there to kind of create some traffic in front of Corpusalo. And if they could continue to do that, I think there's no reason why the Lightning win the rest of the game, win the rest of the games left in this series. So, and if. Some of you are still kind of on edge. You know, this game, this series is far from over. Expect maybe Columbus to win one more game out of this um, before everything is said and done. But here's a little statistic that maybe is going to comfort some of you Lightning fans. So in NHL history, this, I believe NBC did this, uh, put this out. And I mean, I'm sure you could find this out as well on the internet, of course, is in NHL history, when the series is tied 1-1, winner of game three, ends up winning the series 67% of the time. So, like Hunger Games uh, for the Lightning, the, the odds are ever in their favor. So, And I stated when this series started, uh, the, the Lightning, this is their series to lose. They're leaps and bounds, I believe, way better than this Columbus team. Um, uh, you know, they. If you look at every category other than maybe block shots and here and there on the defense, um, the Lightning are way better the team, and they just need to go in playing that, knowing that they're better, that they're way better, and that you know they need to have that confidence. So it's going to be game four is going to be a very interesting game. Um, it's going to it's going to determine whether or not the Lightning are going to be able to carry momentum over from game to game. Because, like I stated before, the the Blue Jackets have not won consecutive games yet in this playoffs. So, let I want to see the Lightning start that trend with their team. Let let them kind of have because that's going to have if they do win Game Four, I believe the series is over. Um, I believe that once the Lightning build up more of their confidence from game to game. Um, they're going to be a very dangerous team and that you could basically stick a fork in Columbus. So remember that the next game four is going to be tomorrow at three o'clock. So tune into that. And of course, when you're done listening to this, like, subscribe and follow to the show. 
and follow us on Twitter as well. So that's been it for today's episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.